0: Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show.
1: Great
0: tables. Please hold for a very important
1: message. Light speed sequence initiated. How oh, may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> Awesome. It's a miracle. two
0: Three, two, one, mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Lock and load. <laughs> all right. Welcome everybody. Episode 2 245, Galen Tromble Show. One of my favorite guests, um, all around good dude. You might have seen him, uh, heard of him, um, probably a bunch of other things, but Michael S. Cashman, town supervisor, or Plattsburgh Town Supervisor, Town of Plattsburgh Supervisor. It can be set up. We, we can rotate yeah, that around. Yeah.
1: yeah. The, the the title itself is supervisor, but you know most people truncate it to Plattsburgh Town Supervisor or you know Town of Plattsburgh Supervisor. Yeah.
0: But yeah. But whatever the title is, yeah. he's a good dude. He's here. We're going to talk a lot about Plattsburgh because I know they have some investment opportunities, which I can't wait to dive into because I think Mike's Mike's besides talking about Michigan's, Mike's bringing me uh, some good stuff. Is Michigan in there. There is a Michigan in there, of course. Literally the first part, page opened it up was a Michigan. That's part of our story. That's it. So, Mike, what's been going on? If, I guess people who don't know you, can we give us a quick elevator pitch? Because you've been on before, so I don't want to. Sure, sure. Uh, funny enough, um,
1: in about two weeks or so, I'm going to be celebrating my 20th college, uh, what, anniversary, you know, uh, for for homecoming. I've been in Plattsburgh for about 24 years now, came to the North Country as a transplant. Uh, from Massachusetts, came here to do my undergraduate, did my undergraduate in speech communication, uh, marketing, public relations, stayed, did my master's in counseling, and then worked at SUNY Plattsburgh for about 11 years, and then got into local politics. That's really the the short version of it.
0: And you're, so November, what's
1: the date this year? Election uh, day. November. I'm going to say it wrong. It's November
0: 7th. Okay. Oh, it's yeah, the latest it can be. Yeah.
1: Tuesday, November seventh. Isn't
0: the, it's the first Tuesday? But that's technically the long, the latest it, um, election can be, right? Uh, I think that's like a, a thing because it's the first Tuesday of the month. Yeah, so. it's the
1: first, it's the first Tuesday, so it's um, so Wednesday November, must be the
0: first. Uh, yes, so yeah. November seventh. There we go. So, um, you're, is this your third term? This is my third, and it will be my final term as Plattsburgh Town Supervisor. I was going to ask because you you've been consistent on that the last two podcasts. I've been consistent. Okay, yeah. And, so. And, Go tell ahead. the reason I believe in term limits
1: okay. I, I think it's healthy for democracy I think it's healthy for organizations uh, for people you know all you have to do is look at you know DC for example uh, folks that are into their well you know uh, 90s and etc but have had you know uh, 40 50 year careers uh, in these positions and I'm not discounting that individuals haven't made contributions of either parties in those roles but I think it's incumbent that we constantly are providing space for the next generation. Um, it was something that really connected to my work when I was involved in the Adirondack Young Professionals Group. Um, you know, we need to continue to make space for the next generation. Uh, and the way that I look at it is, you know, could someone come into the the supervisor seat that's older than me? Yes. Um, could it be someone from a different uh, political party? Sure. Uh, could they be younger or what have you? Yeah, all that can happen, but it's about opening space to new views, new perspectives, um, and, and not becoming stagnant. And, and I like challenges as well. So I'm looking forward to some new challenges, you
0: know, when I get to that next chapter of my life. Um, cause I've had this conversation before and I've heard it both ways. I think term limits across the board should be actually the last podcast I had on, I think was Jordan LeBlanc. You know, Jordan? Mm-hmm. So me and Jordan were talking about like the Supreme Court's lifetime appointment, which I also think is wrong, too, because most um, like local um, ships or whatever, those are – I might have said that wrong. But those are like 12-year terms typically, I believe.
1: Yeah, so the the some of the – so here's the crazy part about all of this is it really isn't uniform across the board. Uh, you know, president, there's term limits. Uh, there's some term limits uh, for governor now. Um, But for some of the judicial positions in New York State, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, you time out at the age of 70. So it's not necessarily term limits. it's, It's an age. Uh, some professions, you know, like uh, pilots, for example, you can't uh, continue in that capacity past a certain age. Which I think they're just raising that now. Th- they are. And, and, the, yeah. and, and there's a variety of reasons for it, mm-hmm. right? But I believe in term limits. Um, a lot of people talk about term limits. Uh, and I have firmly felt like uh, I need to. Um, you know, you don't just talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've always been very transparent about it. And, um, you know, I truly look forward to, uh, having these last four years ahead of me and finishing up some passion projects and, and, and buttoning some stuff down. Um, but then I also look forward to, you know, the new challenges that await me in the future.
0: When you took, when you took the <clears throat> position as supervisor, um, did you anticipate 12 years or was it kind of because obviously it's not a set in stone? You're, you got to do the running and you got to get one in the first and the second. But did you go in thinking like, I'm going to try for three terms? Or was that more of like maybe at the end of the first term and you ran again in one? You're like, ah, I'm probably going to stick with just two or just three. I mean, yeah. So right at the beginning, I said I would do
1: no more than three. Okay. So that, that I defined the 12 year. Uh, you know, no more than 12 years, no more than three terms mm-hmm. uh, as the cap when I jumped into this at the very beginning. But I also was very direct with folks saying that this is a family decision. You know, Olivia and I uh, needed to have some conversations about we were running the first time. Um, I evaluated that again with her um, during, you know, as I was approaching my second term and did it again for this last one. And um, what I've really, really appreciated was um, the full-throated support of her, uh, friends and family and community members that have said, you know, hey, we want to see you continue to do this. Uh, And and not just uh, based on one political affiliation. I've had people that are Democrats, Republicans, working families, conservatives, um, independents uh, that have all said, you know, hey, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Keep doing it. Uh, for as long as you want to do it,
0: and for as long as I want to do it, is
1: uh, no more than three Four terms. <laughs> um, and,
0: no, like I said, I, I think you've done great, and I am not a big political person. I just always like to. Um, I I think I, I really. Um, I remember Gary Douglas telling me this. He's like, I I support was it the party of the North Country or whatever, whoever's going to sure. support the North Country. And I think that's me. It's like just I think if someone's doing the right thing like the, and they embrace it and are putting the time in because you know too it's like it's a big time commitment so you gotta have someone that go that's going to go in there that has the capability and is going to put the time in and it's not uh, you know i think you have to be full, fully committed which okay. i feel that you are so
1: you you know what uh someone had said this to me recently and they're like oh you know you shouldn't be talking about how you're only going to do three terms because you know then uh, people will be mad if you want to you know run for another four i'm like well I go back to something that my grandfather taught me many, 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 many years ago, and that's uh, if you don't lie, you don't have to remember. Mm-hmm. And, and what yeah. I mean by that is, I, I really mean what I'm talking about. And I often tell people that Olivia and I don't agree 100% of the time. I'm sure you and your wife, and yep. you and your parents, and friends, and neighbors don't agree 100% of the time. Um, I'm going to be straight with people right from the get-go. You know, I'm not a smoke blower. Uh, there's a lot of people that are politicians uh, that will tell you whatever you want to hear in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's not my style. Um, I'd rather tell you the, what you need to hear mm-hmm. um, and and harness you know the model that I like to use, and that's the listen, learn, and lead approach. Um I've I've listened to a lot of people, I've learned a lot of information and um I'm really appreciating the opportunity to lead this community with a great team. Um but the first two hallmarks uh, never go away when you're leading as well. You still have to continue to listen and learn.
0: How um I was going to say your approach to leadership because how how many people, you know, obviously the town of Plattsburgh, so you you're you know, I guess the leader of this whole group of or, or organization of people. How many people are under your you know, leadership.
1: Sure. That. So there's a couple of different ways to look at it, and uh, I, I like to take that question and provide an opportunity to to teach people because the title of supervisor. When you go into most businesses and you say, oh, "I want to speak to the supervisor," right? You you're you kind of want to talk to the person where the buck stops. Mm-hmm. In local government, there are other elected officials that have a great. Um, purview and oversight of their individual units. So, for example, we have a highway superintendent. The highway superintendent really supervises the purview of all things related to highway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town board works as um, as a unit together. So a town supervisor really kind of has three roles, uh, a chief executive officer, the chief financial officer, and a legislator as well. And an example of... take. Uh, Chris Rosenquist, as the, as the mayor, uh, he only votes during times when, you know, you need to break a tie. Mm-hmm. I actually vote on all legislative items every single meeting. Um, so it's it's part of one of my roles and responsibilities. So I chair the meeting. I vote on meetings. Um, but i'm also serve as the chief financial officer and and really the chief elected official is there six how many people are on the town is it council is it five or six so it's it's five uh complete nope it's five board members complete so it's myself included so there's um, gotcha. four four council members okay. um but to go back to you know that that overall number we have approximately approximately 70 team members over uh, 70 staff members wow. okay. um and you know we punch well above our weight, as Garrett Douglas would say, making a positive impact um, across the board. But we have a number of other elected officials uh, that are part of our team. Uh, Jackie Ballou is our, our tax receiver and Katie Colucci is our, our town clerk. Um, uh, Greg Brunel is our highway superintendent. And then downstairs, we have our two justices, uh, Jim Joyce and Chris Michaud. And then the board members are Tom Wood um, and Dana Isabella. Uh, Barb Hebert, Chuck Kostick, and myself, and um, yeah, I mean, but we we work in concert with the professional staff uh, and the team members uh, that I would dare say every single day um, they try to do better than the day before. And uh, we're not perfect. Um, there's there's lots of imperfections, and there's still a lot of bureaucracy in the in the system of government. But local government is the most accessible government to the people. I. Do a lot of business in the produce aisle of Hannaford.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've said that. Yeah, yeah. the. Uh, um, so, what's your approach to leadership? You, you mentioned like listening and stuff, but if you, um, like if we were to go and observe you for a week, you know, in and around the offices and stuff, like what? How do you go about your day today? Who do you check in with? Who, what do you oversee? Um, how do you structure your communication? How do you structure your day? Your focuses. So.
1: The model that I subscribe to is servant leadership. I really believe in the purpose of of service uh, to others and and to the service of good causes and good things. Um, one of the things that I implemented very early on when I became town supervisor is I do rounds every morning. Okay, grab a cup of coffee. You know, I'm a big coffee fan, uh, and I go around and I touch base with each of the department heads and um, by the nature of it, you know, members that are in those individual units as well. We chat for a little while, see what's going on. And, and that's not to be our micromanager. What I had shared uh, with one of the department heads that had inquired, said, are you going to do this every day? And I said, yeah, I said, because I have information that you need and you have information that I need. And I don't want either of us to be the last person to know. And I think it's a great opportunity to share and to collaborate. Um, one of the other models that I believe in is uh, communication, um, uh, collaboration, and compromise. And you know, those, three, those three C's work in tandem with one another, but there's also models within it that I think provide a higher level of productivity. Take our department heads and um, the staff members there. They're the subject experts, right? I'm not putting in the new waterline. I'm not going in and checking the codes, um, uh, you know, if if the fire code is being addressed correctly. I'm not the person that's looking at, you know, the new plans for the business. What I need to do is to make sure that we've identified resources and that we've assembled uh, the right team. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you think of a a Marvel superhero movie Mm -hmm. is making sure that you assemble a group of people because even superheroes have their weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. So it was bringing the strongest team together with the resources um, to try to move
0: projects and and things forward. So when you, um, and ask Billy this, but same thing. It's like when you, like, let's say we just stretch out for a year, however you do plans, a couple Mm -hmm. years down the road, or maybe for four years for you. Um, where what do you try to put emphasis on and focus on? And, and the reason I say this is in our line of work or whatever, there's like, I wear a hat of, I call in the business, on business mm-hmm. and on business, meaning I'm trying to improve the systems and everything. And that requires way more effort on my part. And it's the thing that I need a lot of uninterrupted hours in a row to do. Cause I gotta get in headspace, figure stuff out. And then on the business is like the stuff that or in the business is like the stuff that hits me. So it's like, you know, Basically uh, responding to things that are coming at me each day. Mm-hmm. I have a my master goal plan of a year or th- three years or five years does not include the day-to-day stuff. It's typically the bigger projects that I'm yep. trying to work on and focus on. And I find that one of the, one of the biggest challenges is trying to um, block that time off and really commit to focusing on that time, which we've gotten much better at. But sometimes, you know, you got a million things coming at you day to day that you got to try to fit those in. Now, when I asked Billy, he's like, well, we kind of have a plan. And then it basically gets thrown out the window in like three days because things come in so quick. Are you like, are you guys like that? Or do you find that, hey, we have a game plan and we really structure these big, you know, whether it's, I I don't know how many big projects you try to accomplish in a year. But I mean, what's your planning look like? And how do you maintain that focus throughout the year? When again, I know a lot of stuff gets thrown at you or comes at you quick. Sure. So one of the philosophies that we've
1: adopted as a team is that we plan the work and work the plan. And what I mean by that is that plans uh, have a an evergreen nature to it. You know, they're going to get recalibrated. But without a plan, you're completely lost. Mm -hmm. Without any roadmap, you don't know where you're going to go or where you're at. Right. Mm -hmm. So to plot. Uh, An A point and a B point at least gives you uh, a, a north, east, west, south direction. So we do that and then we recalibrate to the environment that's around us. And there's also lots of different plans within the environment because there's multiple units within the town. There's a water department, there's a highway department, there's a codes and zoning department, there's... You know, um, uh, what the town board is doing, what the planning board is doing. So we're firing on all cylinders and we constantly have to be looking at the dashboard to make sure that we've got enough gas in the tank to make sure that we can get there but then we also have to make sure that we stop the car from time to time, let people stretch their legs, right? Maybe reposition who's uh you know in in the, in the front of the car, uh and um you know just changing positions. But my favorite word um since I've I've gotten into this position is recalibration. Because I think often people are afraid that change will be too disruptive. Uh, I'm a firm believer of keep what works, fix what doesn't. But sometimes a recalibration may only be 3%, but that 3% could really, really change the Mm -hmm. productivity, uh, the environment, uh, the mood, uh, the tone and tenure of of what's going on. And also expect that if you're failing, okay, pause for a moment and recalibrate. And and I have had lots of failures. Uh, The team has had lots of failures. Um, But you have to keep in
0: mind that there's always tomorrow hmm Yeah. Um, so, and I, I guess when it comes to trying to keep the focus of, let's say 70 people on, and everybody's got, like you said, kind of different goals yep. and stuff, but do, you, is this part of the morning? Um, uh, you know, kind of your loop in the morning. Is this something that you have regular standing meetings with department heads or all hands kind of meetings or like, how does, I guess the checkpoints on that and what's your involvement with say the town supervisor, or the town clerk, um, or each individual department. Yeah. So, um, like like many
1: organizations, there are certain events and activities that drive day to day operations, and then you know um, you know kind of quarterly expectations and. Uh, yearly expectations, a budget uh, takes up a, a large amount of our time because even though we may be wrapping up one budget, we're already starting to formulate the budget uh, for the following year as we're, as we're working through one. Uh, for instance, we use a modified zero-based budgeting, so we really kind of back it out. Uh, that allows us to create some priority pi- pipelines. But we work in a very collaborative approach. Um, all of our departments are working with one, o- one another in some form or fashion, which really helps us optimize the products and productivity that we put out there for the community, the residents, the taxpayers, also the visitors uh, to the town. It, there's a reason that we are uh, the economic engine of the North Country is because we have many publics that we're serving, taxpayers, of course, mm-hmm. residents, visitors, um, but we're also the home to many industries um, that become employers for people that live in Peru or Beekman Town and stuff like that. So, um, there's a lot of activities to, you know, um, I I just, you know, I think for myself, work a lot with our volunteer fire departments. We have five volunteer fire departments, they have a lot of activities. So, those get assigned into my schedule pretty regularly. Uh, There's other activities that are going on that they get planted in my calendar. But for the first year, I really didn't take a vacation. And I told Olivia, I needed to live the experience to know what really was a true priority. So I I really Mm -hmm. tried not to miss anything. Um, You know, now it's still pretty rare, but if I'm not in an event, someone knows that there's probably a conflicting activity. Nothing drives me crazier than when people go to events and they're there for five minutes and they're like, hey, how you doing? And then it's like, if you've been invited to an event, you should make an attempt to be present. And to be part of that at a level of which the invitation was extended to you um and, and that's what i try to do
0: well i was telling billy that so we had um another shameless plug for a golf tournament uh, for next year but billy came and and he shows up at eight in the morning well, yep. before that 7 30 in the morning to hit a golf ball like literally that's it and i kind of um i talked to him about that and same with you it was like you you guys are both very well seen you're at almost every event even if you're like there's a press conference it's like you're probably going to see Billy. You're probably going to see Cashman. Um, you know, Chris does a great job about it. Gary does a great job. So you start seeing, you know, Mark. You see these figureheads that are showing up. And I've heard it's funny because you hear people complain, well, they're always there, blah, blah blah. I'm like, well, what's the alternative? You don't see them. And they I said, I, in my opinion, someone that's again, you're serving. You said servant leadership, but mm-hmm. you're elected. You're serving, you know, people, constituents, whatever. I think seeing you as a level of presence, I also think it adds a little level of stability when you can look and you see like, okay, we have a very cohesive group of local leaders. And, and, um, and I feel work well, I feel like collaborate pretty well. Okay. Um, and I, and I, again, I think, you know, what we see, you know, maybe, you know, out in the public, I feel is very similar to behind the closed doors in the office. Like you said, transparency. And I feel like that's, Over the last handful of years, especially in a political world where that doesn't seem to be the case, I feel like our region does do an exemplary job of doing that. And I think, um, but that's that's full circle. So I think, you know, seeing you at an event, I think, you know, I've run into, you know, whether it's a county fair, I see you at, you know, just at a parade or a Mm -hmm. random just event, um, you know, making the time to do that, I think goes a long ways. I know it's tiring because you're just, you're always going, you know, and I Again, I'll drive by your house and I'll see your car there at like maybe one in the afternoon and then I won't see it again until like maybe I'll come home at eight and it's not, you know what I mean? Like I just know you're, you're bouncing around and doing stuff. So I guess from a scheduling perspective with so many people, you know, offering for you to to show up and, and you obviously graciously taking that time to go do it. Like how do you structure majority of your day when you know you have a lot on your plate? Um, Obviously I know you have a team behind you and, and, you know, kind of a, I guess, supervisor, or what? What do, you, what do you call that? Like maybe your little like, what's your not not like office of the CEO? You hear a lot, but like what's your office of supervisors? Yeah, office of the supervisor. Okay. And so I know you have some people right there that help. So yeah, and it's you know, and I've I've jokingly said
1: this to uh, to Assemblyman Jones, and he's a good friend, and he's got he's got a great team. Um, I don't have uh, a staff like Billy does, mm-hmm. and, but Billy also has a district that is, <laughs> yes, huge, massive, yep. and. But I also try to remind people when I'm out in the public, and and I, and I always appreciate the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, whatever the comments are, I always want to encourage people that I believe in approachable leadership. I think that's it's really important, and that's why, you know, uh, I go to as many events and activities as I can. But my team um, does just Herculean efforts of work. They're just a, a talented, talented, talented group of people. Um, from the work like Jess Koga does to um, Michigan Month. Um, She just does a phenomenal job in that. You know, to, again, uh, the folks in the water department, that if there was a water main break, you know, they're the ones that are out there at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And, you know, I could go literally department by department. My staff for the town of the supervisor's office is myself and an executive um, secretary Mm -hmm. Um, and Emily does a remarkable job keeping us on task moving forward keeping the town board agenda that's one of the biggest um, um, responsibilities truthfully is you know we have two work sessions a month we have two town board meetings and that's where we're uh, adopting the abstract, where we can pay checks and, and, and our bills, uh, adopting policies and resolutions and local laws and all the stuff that local government does. Uh, the community outreach is part of the job, but that's just a piece
0: of it. Yeah. What uh, How do you recharge? I don't want to say burn, like burn you get burned out, but like, how do you just kind of, like you said, vacation? Do you, I mean, I follow you on social media. It seems like you and Olivia do a lot of, you know, kind of day trips, which look, look pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what what's your, you know, on weekends, you watch shows, binge watch stuff. Do you just kind of hang out? Do you go, like, do you have hobbies? Like, how do you just kind of recharge the engine? Yeah, so it, it's funny. Um, I'm a workaholic, to be
1: truthful. I always have been. And even when I worked at the college, I just, um, I enjoy being in the work environment where I can feel that I'm being... Uh, productive and, and putting out a product that is serving a greater cause than just, you know, sitting on the couch type of thing. Um, but there are things that I do to recharge. I almost every day go home for a brief period of time. We have three dogs. Uh, don't live that far uh, from the office. So get home, throw the tennis ball with them, relax for a couple of minutes, kind of just decompress, go back to the office. That's, uh, that's one way. Uh, every night for the most part, I, uh, unwind by watching some type of Netflix comedian. Uh, Kathleen Madigan is, is one that I really enjoy. (laughs) I, and and I'll watch a lot of the same comedians over and over because it's, it's just more about just kind of, do you have have a favorite one powering down She your favorite one? She's, she's one of my favorite ones. Uh, I've, I've got sucked into suits, uh, on, on Netflix. Uh, Olivia and I have been watching that. Um, and not to say that I watch, you know, a ton of, you know, movies and, and, and things like that. So a lot of times what's nice about Netflix, right, is you can be sitting there and you can be slightly engaged with that. But then you can also maybe be
0: doing paperwork or, or yeah.
1: doing something else
0: if, yeah. if you need to. Yeah. Um, and, and regarding, so I was just kind of laughing because like the last three nights I've had to work late. So I'm just sitting there on in my chair doing work and i have just mindless like old comedies that i've mm-hmm. seen a million times i don't have to pay attention to mm-hmm. and it's passes the time beautifully um so i want to dive into well actually before we dive into this um where's it good because i know you're you're big on i want what's it called what do you not staycation what do you call them like your day trips oh back uh, backyard so, adventures well, backyard adventures is what we call them so what's your because i i love seeing because you go to places i don't even know that around here which is wild because i'm from this area what, what's some like hidden gems in the area that people would not know about I, I, I think it surprised you.
1: Yeah, I think some people know about this, but not enough people know about it. I just had a friend of mine actually text me this week and was like, Where do you get those famous pies? Noonmark Diner in Keene is one of my absolute favorite places to go to. Um and uh, some people still don't know this, but I have celiacs, so I, I you know, I can't eat gluten. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not a fad or something that I choose to do. And uh And we'll go down to Newmark Diner. They have great gluten pies and gluten-free pies, great breakfast place. Um, And that's one of our backyard adventures, um, you know, out towards the Wild Center. You know, I don't think enough people uh, in in Plattsburgh have gone out their true adventure. Um, And the town of of Plattsburgh, for example, is, you know, we have 11 parks. I mean, I love spending times in our parks. You know, so there's just—it's about— it's about just taking half a day or, or, or a day in the weekend if you can uh, and just not going too far. A lot of times these little adventures that we do are within 90 minutes to, to maybe you know two and a half hours and just kind of plot around the North Country.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the parks and stuff with kids, like we've mm-hmm. w- we're trying to touch them all. We're trying to just kind of go to all of them. Let the you know the kids get excited, especially then you start going to like school playgrounds and just like we're trying to hit the playgrounds. But like uh, the one down, the little nature walk down uh, in Morrisonville. Oh, Lapeer, uh, Lapeer, Lapeer yeah. Lapeerland. Yeah, like that's that's a great little spot. People haven't walked. It's it's quick. Like you can walk through, probably around in like 10, 15 minutes, but it, yeah. do a couple laps there. It's very peaceful.
1: We've also spent uh, a considerable amount of uh, energy um, with with Aaron and jordan uh who are managing our, our parks and recreation program but um we invested money n- new money in playground equipment about 150,000, maybe a little bit more in the cumberland head um uh park uh we just put new equipment at may courier uh, and that really was focused on individual. Tom Miller one Tom yeah, Miller off Road. Tom okay. Miller Road. Yep. Um, we put the reader boards in uh, for individuals that are um, on the spectrum, mm-hmm. for example. And then we also did an investment in Treadwells Mills. So what we're actually working on right now is a master uh, parks and recreation plan uh, so that eventually all parks will have. Uh, Some upgrades and amenities and services within that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we truly believe in four seasons of recreation. Uh, We have a great recreation program, again, led by Aaron and Jordan, um, that are from youth to seniors. I mean, uh, from soccer to basketball to uh, the Senior Fitness for
0: Life program. Um, We've got a lot going on. So, Mike, let's, this packet you gave me, which I think is awesome already. So, um, hi, we're Plattsburgh. I know you got some other stuff here, but Town of Plattsburgh Investment Opportunities. Um, so I'm going to leave, leave this open to you and kind of see what you're, um, obviously right there, real estate right in the front. But what's your, uh, give us an intro on this. Sure.
1: Uh, so for your listeners, uh, you can actually see the, the book that we're talking about if you go to the Town of Plattsburgh's website, and it's a developer's guide. And this was actually developed uh, in partnership with the Clinton County Board of Realtors. Um, they were able to help us secure a grant. And what we like to tell people is the town of Plattsburgh is open for business. And and I'll give you a couple of statistics in a moment. But this particular development guide is focused on the town center because we are the key um, economic center for Clinton County. And within the town center, there's about 2,000 acres in the town center. And we adopted a smart growth plan that provides for uh, in-growth development And as we were learning about some things, uh, it's the busiest commercial corridor north of Albany with over 320 businesses. There are about 5,000 jobs there in that area, and there are over 36,000 vehicle trips per day in the main corridor uh, in the town center. To put it in perspective, Galen, that's busier than Wolf Road in Albany.
0: I remember you saying that, and that's, (laughs) I mean, that's the photo we're looking at right here, right? Yeah. You say, so... um, which I think is a staggering fact because I remember as a kid when you used to think like Albany, like Wolf Road was one of the bigger corridors yep. with like shopping and convenience, but box stores and things like that and restaurants. So um, now, uh, and I, I've, I've said this before and again, I'm pr- probably going to be repeating a lot of what we talked with Billy, but when one of the things that I remember or I had talked to him about is that if we were to stretch out a timeline mm-hmm. and... See, this is what's going to happen to my OCD. This one thing never stays up and it falls down. That's why I don't look at it. I make you look at it. But um, I just noticed off the corner of my eye. uh, But the whole idea is like if you were to stretch out, and let's just say for you eight years, and then maybe even going back to 20 years that you've been in Plattsburgh or 24 years. So if you take that amount of time, think of all the change that happened. And I'm going to say, you know. 18 year old Michael Cashman comes to Plattsburgh and he's an undergrad. Like what Plattsburgh looked like then to where it is now is leaps and bounds different. And if you stretch that timeline out, I mean, 24 years, which is a chunk of time, but it's not a lifetime, you know. And, and it, I would look at that as a lot can happen if people's perspective was just pulled out a little bit larger, meaning that I feel, and, and again, I want to hear your opinion on this. I feel most people, and this is you know society in general, people want instant gratification. They want it now. They want things done fast. I think if most good things take time, and I feel like where I think hopefully you're going is that you're going to look at something now that's probably in this booklet that two to five to 10 years from now is going to be like, Oh my God, remember when we were trying to get that passed or trying to get that done. And I feel like a lot of things right now that are in the town of Plattsburgh that were never around when I was a kid. And again, I'm not a super old person, you know, and I, so, but my memory is like, like, God, I remember when that was just a bunch of trees, or I remember when that was that dilapidated building. And now you start to see just that, that little square you're talking about has grown massively. And I mean, I go to Chipotle more than a human probably should. So, like so, but I mean, like there's places where I remember Chipotle first time I went was in New York City, and like I was like, oh my god, I've never heard of this place. And then I used to have to go to Albany, and it was always a treat. And now I'm like, well, I'll get it every week. So, but when you look at things and you stretch that out um, timeline wise, I think a lot has happened. And I'm even going from when I got out of college, which was, you know, almost you know try twelve years ago or so. Um, a lot has happened since then, even just, I mean, the college in general, but surrounding areas. So yep. h- if you were to, what's your thought on now pulling out eight years of being a supervisor and pulling out 24 years of being a North country resident, like how have things changed and what's I, your perspective on the change? Yeah. I think, I think growth has accelerated and that we've been on a positive
1: trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about harnessing opportunity and, and let me just share a couple of statistics with you that maybe help conceptualize to people that are listening. So we look at dashboards like that. You know what? What, what have the last couple of years, what the last couple, you know five years looked like? So between 2019 and 2023, and we're not done yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in that period of time, total square footage in commercial construction has been 963,000 square feet in the town of Plattsburgh alone. You know for people that don't know that's a lot that that's <laughs> that's, a sizable that's, amount. that's that's a, that's a huge amount yeah you know and then uh total number of building permits over 2000 you know is that
0: I, commercial building is that residential commercial it's
1: it's yeah really it's it's the drivers of the of the economy okay. and then for this year okay to put it in perspective for 2023 proposed commercial construction 521,000 square feet Wow okay that's new that's new that's new yep. so there's there's an acceleration of growth there, there's a there's a strong trajectory and I think a lot of times people think that the town is only focused on you know bringing in chains or hotels or other businesses no it's about it's about supporting businesses that are here currently uh, celebrating the fact that businesses change hands maybe to the second or third generation. Um, but finding opportunities for a mixed economy, right? We need chains, we need hotels, we need commercial, we need restaurants, but we also need residential. Total number of uh, proposed residential units for 2023 is over 259. So we're a community that's growing. Um, so we also need to harness opportunity to bring people here to live. And we need people across the spectrum of affordable housing, um in 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 what or what people would identify in the language affordable housing to market rate housing we need it all and we're firing on all cylinders so when you're asking me what does the next 24 years look like to even the next eight years is there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of growth that will continue to occur and it's about uh as i said before we believe in plan the work work the plan and we have a lot of plans and we are uh, meticulously going through it and you know my grandfather used to say how to eat an elephant one bite at a time mm-hmm. and that's what we're doing we're just we're just biting at it day after day
0: so regarding um, I want to talk commercial first and then I want to go residential sure. so commercial like I said with all the buildings going up and you know I know a lot of these um, you know kind of down even where you are there's a handful that just popped up along there where are you seeing most of the of these buildings popping up and what kind of um, businesses are going into those units or commercial spaces? Yeah. So again, it's, it's a, it's a split. Um, We're seeing,
1: New businesses that are expressing an interest in the town of Plattsburgh, the Development Corporation or the TDC, mm-hmm. has um, a, a crazy occupancy rate right now. Um, and that's why they continue to build new space uh, to, to rent and to get out there for new businesses. Um, but we're seeing expansion. Um, you know, Monaghan Medical um, built a, a fairly new building mm-hmm. on the old uh, county airport uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, But we're also seeing things like um, Medisca grow. And Schluter, for example, uh, which is a workforce of 800 people, um, maybe a little bit more, uh, continues to see significant growth. I mean, uh, the joke is if you go through that end of town, uh, people call it Schluterville. I mean, it's a very large campus. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a legacy uh, business. But we also have to continue to celebrate businesses like uh, Penny's Homestyle Cooking, uh, who, in fact, I, I just had an opportunity to celebrate yesterday with a, what we call a supervisor citation. Uh, she's raised twenty, thirty thousand dollars for the North Country Honor Flight as a, as a local restaurant, and one of the hardest hardest businesses to be in uh, is small business. But then, as a as a restaurant uh, with overhead and, and and staffing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and and yet. Time after time, it's these businesses that continue to give back to the community, whether it be North Country Honor Flight or to the local booster clubs, uh, to you know all the local fundraisers and things like that. And I know it means uh, something to you. Local matters, mm-hmm. right? Local matters, and and we we need to have a mixed economy. We need to bring some of the outside in, but we also have to celebrate what we have here too.
0: Um, and I think that you know I, I look at a. Uh, you know they, they obviously the the idea of like local matters you know i think people kind of get it it's pretty much said in you know two words but i think not not even just the money aspect like i think a lot of it is you know being small a small business owner and, and you know you've spoken to hundreds of small business owners it's like you realize that there's a it's tough you know especially when you're dealing with stuff and not not everybody has the resources or you know the maybe the emergency funds that some of these businesses have, and obviously you know things that pop up, whether it be you know COVID or it could just be different economic swings or different. And you're trying to weather these storms, and most of it falls on a handful of people trying to battle against whatever they're up against. And I think you, it takes a rare person to do that, or a rare breed of people. But I think. Even if you just support someone and, you know, obviously we're seeing like Margaret Street being torn up and then, you know, you're trying to promote like those businesses that are obviously affected by it. But you look at that like just going, you know, and spending money helps. But I said just the support of, you know, even just like showing up and offering encouraging words or even just, you know, trying to connect people. Like that's one of the things I love doing is if I can help someone with a connection that's going to help them as I know, you know, you're very well connected. It's like, it, it goes a long ways where people think that it's like a monetary thing. I said, a lot of it's just support. It's like supporting friends. Like if you support your friends and you have their back or you're going to be there in hard times or offer advice, like that's just as good as anything else you can give. And I think the, the idea behind that is like, you have so, there's so many good people up in our area. Um, you know, uh, people have been here forever in, in in ports. Everything like you just you keep adding to it. But really, at the end of the day, it's like when people come up here and you ask most people, there's a lot of people up here. If you asked them where they would live, they would say here. Like they don't want to move. They have no issue. They, they have no reason to move. And I think the more that people embrace that, realize that there's opportunity. That there is like anything else. There's a hill to climb. It's I want to say, I want to say it's David versus Goliath. But when you take a big city or a big metropolitan area and you take a smaller rural area, it's like yeah we you know we have some things that are, you know, I would say we're up against, but we do have our own advantages that we have to lean into and again, kind of punch above our weight class. Yep. And I think by, if you really take everybody and you row in the same direction and you stay positive and you know, you're always going to have the negative people. But I said, if you can kind of block out that noise and really try to find the good people in the area that are, you know, supporting you, and you could be doing something that someone who, was a supporter now doesn't like, and then they start turning, I say turning on you, probably a bad turn, but it's maybe st- offer less support to you that could deflate your kind of take the wind out of your sails, where if you really surround yourself with people that kind of echo what you stand for, you're going to find that there is a lot of really good people around here. And there's a lot of people that also want to see you succeed, not at their detriment. It's not a zero sum game. It's like, we're both trying to make, I talk about the pie. You're, we're all trying to make the pie bigger. We're Absolutely. not trying to make our piece bigger. So yeah. And our piece naturally will get bigger if we all make the pie get bigger. And I think that's where that's kind of the nerdy, like in the weed version behind local matters. But it's the idea of just supporting people that are trying to do good things in the area and also giving people grace that it's hard to do those things because life's challenging. And we also don't know, this is something that I, I always keep in the back of my mind, like. I don't know what's going on in your life or their life. or, or like, And they don't know what's going on in my yeah. life. And it's and I, my issues are magnified to me. Your issues are magnified to you. So then you have to go in the context of like give people grace and the benefit of the doubt that they're trying the best they can. And then offer support versus trying to have conflict. And I think the more we can build each other up, we just kind of keep, you know, you, you, the cream rises to the top. But the idea is to try to bring as many of that cream to the top. Does I, that make I, sense? I, I I totally agree. <laughs> it's a weird that.
1: analogy. No, but. I I agree. And there's and there's two things that I would abstract from or pull out of that. One is I think one of the biggest value statements that you can make in your life is where you choose to live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I really do believe that, mm-hmm. and it's not just. And I, I think sometimes, um, particularly in politics, people say, you know, I was uh, uh I was I was born and raised, and I was a native of of this place, and and that is important. It really is important. But those individuals that choose to live in a community and those individuals that choose to lean in and be involved in their community, because I have a really good friend that's lived all over the world. I mean, from from France to Germany to Canada. And and she goes, no matter where I live, I'm always amazed at how many couch sitters there are. And how many, she, which one? Couch sitters there are. Oh, and, and what she yeah. means by that is yeah. people that just sit on the couch and they become keyboard warriors or mm-hmm. complainers or they're like, there's nothing to do here. Mm-hmm. It's like... There are a lot of things to do in Plattsburgh, for example. It may not be your bag. It may not be the thing that you are most energized by, But there are a lot of things. And we continue to try to um, uh, to build on that energy. But you know, I always tell people we're a four season location, mm-hmm. right? And winter's a long month uh, or, or, or we have some long months of winter if you can't find something to do. But that's why the town of Plattsburgh invests in our parks. That's why we do, you know, uh, sports and recreation programs. It's why we continue to try to partner with individuals to have a diverse economy and stuff like that. But we're also very proud of the community that we have, and that's we want and why we want to bring new businesses in, so that we can bring more people in, whether they be tourists, um, you know, and use Plattsburgh as a as a jumping off point to like Lake Placid, for example, mm-hmm. um, or. The thing that I'm really excited about, and and I'll you'll have to like bridle me on this, is I'm beyond excited that next April we are going to be in the path of totality yeah. for the total solar eclipse. April eighth. April eighth. Yeah, so, I'm actually really looking forward to that. <laughs> and, and I mean, I've I've had a countdown on my on my phone for five years almost. Oh. I mean, truly. I mean, I and it, like and people when I started talking about this like five years ago, people are like, "You are out of your mind." I'm like, well, I know I'm out of my mind, but on this particular thing, like this is a big deal. And I mean, the amount of phone calls and emails and things that we've been getting over the last, you know, let's say six to eight months in particular, people have been like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we want to do some buses up your way. And, you know, we're from the Northeast, like out in the Boston area. And da, 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 da. So I think it's going to be a really big thing for us. But it's also our our opportunity to use it as an introduction to why people should come back, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Love it and experience us.
0: Um, the first person that told me that was Courtney Meisenheimer because she was doing it for the city too, and she was yeah. talking about it. And I looked up on the map, and we are like, when they have like a stretch of what's going to be hit, we're in the center of that, we're, like you dead center, like you can't get. And I don't know where that where that would go on the latitude line if we have like, if it's better to be, because we're about 45 degrees, 44, if we're, you know, at that latitude, if that makes it better than like, because I know it goes through like Tennessee and it kind of mm-hmm. comes up through Texas and that way. But um I don't know. I'm excited. I think it'll be cool. But um so regarding, you know, the development and trying to, to you know, get businesses in, like, how, how you do you field a lot of calls? Do you find that? I should say that. Is it more inbound inquiries or do you find it's more outbound like trying to like shake the leaves a little or shake the trees and try to make things happen? Or is it a, a mixture of both?
1: It, it's a mixture of both. And I, I think it's important to note that what the town of Plattsburgh is, has done and continues to do is to work in partnership with our economic develop uh, friends like the Chamber of Commerce, the Clinton County IDA, the TDC, etc. And this developer's guide is not to be in competition with what they're doing. What we're trying to do is to put Focus on what the town has uh, for offerings and and things. But here's a fun little fact. Uh, The median age of Plattsburgh is 38, 25% of the town and city population between the ages of 20 to 34. Plattsburgh is young and it's poised for growth. So when you're asking, what does it look like in the next eight years? What does it look like in the next 24 years? We need to continue to harness that energy. And to continue to build out the Plattsburgh and the greater Plattsburgh region, the Adirondack Coast as a place that not only do we want, but we really can dream for. And you know, some of those things may not come to to, to reality, but if we start putting a plan together, as I said before, we can recalibrate as we go. Um, and there's just there's a lot of opportunity here.
0: Well, have you ever heard the quote, uh, most people overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in 10? Yeah. And that's what I I always look at things when there's big, um, you know, kind of big things that are happening. And you're like, oh my God, I can't do that. I'm like, well, like you said, eat the elephant one bite at a time. and And eventually that elephant will be... Ian. And, and we tell Eight. people that we believe that we're
1: globally significant and regionally exceptional. I mean, we have a lot of businesses here that have their North American headquarters here. Uh, we have uh, a significant mixed economy because of our uh, Canadian neighbors. We love to have them come down. In fact, if you look at the water tower, we have, you know, welcome, bienvenue, mm-hmm. um, because uh, we, we appreciate that that relationship that we have so as you go through the developers guide you'll notice some you know intriguing things that we didn't shy away from putting a picture in there of snow right uh as i jokingly say we put the burr in the berg you know winter is a thing here uh so we have to own that you know history is we're also very proud to be the first purple heart town in the north in the north country the michigan right you know it's buried within our our culture here and you know harnessing these fun little things And also, you know, it's a great quality of life. We have great institutions uh, for higher education, whether it be SUNY Plattsburgh, Clinton Community College. But then there's also CV Tech. You know, we need to continue to expand on um, the trades uh, and continue to elevate, you know, our region. So this developer's guide gives a snapshot into. What's going on in the town, the opportunities, but it's also an invitation to come build with us, Uh, not just within the next six months, not within the next year, but over the next, you know, as you kind of alluded to, the next eight years, the next 20 years. uh, The town has invested significantly in its water infrastructure. Um, We believe that, you know, water infrastructure is about health and safety, uh, sustainability and economic development. Where you see businesses go, where you see people go, is where there are public utilities and um, where you see infrastructure being maintained and developed. Mm -hmm. Um, And the town of Plattsburgh has great veins for our water infrastructure. So, as we did this developer's guide, the other thing that we did though was um, I'm sure you've been at like a party or you've talked with a colleague, you know, at, at the water cooler type thing. And you've said, oh, I wish we had such and such a business, Mm -hmm. or I wish we had such and such a thing here at Plattsburgh. So we launched a community development survey, put it out to the public directly, and asked them, what are the types of businesses that you would like to see? And uh, you're getting one of the first peeks into this. The top business choices um, as it stands right now is Trader Joe's, Olive Garden, Golden Corral, Dave & Buster's and mini golf. But furthermore, when asked about the sectors they desire, in sequence of preference was indoor recreation, retail, dining, youth activities, and arts and culture. Breaking down these respondents, 53% were nearby residents, so residents outside of the town of Plattsburgh, 44% hailed from the town, about 1.2% uh, from Vermont, and then we had about 0.5% were Canadian neighbors. And to date, we've had over 3,000 responses. Mm-hmm. And that that survey continues to be open because what we're doing is we're culling that information so we can strategically use it. We are sending this developer's guide to 300 site selection professionals, and we are also sending it to 31 strategically identified businesses that... Um, that have come from uh, the survey results that people have recommended, and also looking at the demographics and the types of locations that people go to, uh, or their sister uh, companies. A lot of you know a lot of these companies have like a one-off, right, or or a smaller version of itself. And while we're doing all of that, we continue to stay focused on a multifaceted portfolio that remains hyper-focused on residential units. Um, and and an infrastructure, uh, parks and rec. So as I like to say, we can chew gum and walk at the same time. But this developer's guide is going to be some of the jet fuel uh, helping us kind of capture the energy and reality of where we want to go in the next 20 years.
0: Um, I mean, again, you being a town resident, is there anything that you would like to see? Like not, not supervisor cashman, but resident, Plattsburgh resident? Cashman, Like, is there anything that you would be like, I would really like to see this, Like, kind of like selfishly, like what would be something that you would... Sure, well, and it, and it
1: directly connects to um, one of the conversations we had earlier about backyard adventures. One of our favorite backyard adventures that we do too is we go down and we play mini-putt in Lake Placid. Yeah. It's, it, it's you know, not mini a... Mini-golf's great. It's not a stone's throw away, but it's, it's, you know, a little ways, but we used to have two mini-golf places here yeah. in Plattsburgh. Now we have none. Yeah. So we have been trying to cultivate... Um, you know, either an opportunity for reinvestment, uh, in something here Mm -hmm. or to have somebody, you know, do something new and different right here in Plattsburgh. And I think it would kill. I think it would do very, very, very well.
0: Well, uh, like plat, I mean, if you go down to Lake Lake George, I feel there's like five of them and they're all packed. Yep. And I, and like, I, I think nostalgia, like nostalgia for me is like, as a kid, I mean, go to like Ponderosa, like we used to play the mini golf. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. And Um, you know, whether you're having birthday parties or you just go there and it doesn't, I mean, for a family, it doesn't take long to go through and it's, and I, I love it. Yeah.
1: I also grew up in, in the Cape Cod area. Um, and we used to go to, you know, drive in movie theaters all the time. And I know Mm -hmm. Rob Steele is, is, is trying to work on, on that. Uh, I applaud his efforts. Um, you know, again, those are some examples of things that are, you know, in motion, Right, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking with a lot of people, and, and let me just tell you that as we put out this developers guide, because people will say, "Oh, well, you know, you've identified these these companies and the, these developers." We're having these same conversations with local developers, because as I like to say, is there may be someone here locally that can put a Plattsburgh or North Country spin on something, and and develop here it here locally mm-hmm. um, in a really unique way. But Plattsburgh is in a unique position. I don't care what people think of Chick-fil-A, but I'm just using this as as an example. We had a Chick-fil-A before Albany did. Yeah, that's wild. Okay. Our Texas Roadhouse is one of the most profitable profitable in their Northeast franchise. Um, Plattsburgh does really well. Now, a lot of people will be like, yeah, but I don't like that business but it's part of the mixed economy. Yeah. It's part of the larger portfolio that brings people into the region. Mm-hmm. And if people go to a hotel, they're going to restaurants. If people are at restaurants, they're shopping somewhere else. And you know, again, that's why one of my top three focuses uh, continues to be housing, because we need to continue to be able to onboard new people into this community, but we also need to have affordable housing for people that are living here now. So.
0: Um, before yeah, before we get what this right here, can you explain this section? I mean, what it is? Um, I just read it, but the plan town center, yeah. You kind so of talk a little bit more about that first. And, so, um, the the specific plan that
1: became kind of the um, uh, the the, the incubator, or you know, it was um a plan called Elevate Plattsburgh, and it was focused on the town center. Uh, A lot of times people, you know, called it uptown, you know, well, there's downtown Plattsburgh, right? And Mm -hmm. then there's uptown Plattsburgh, but for the town of Plattsburgh, that's our town center. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, all the hamlets kind of, you know, surround and interconnect with the town center. And there was a lot of missed opportunity within the town center um, to activate that as a place where you could see more development and opportunity, even residents, there's not a lot of people that live within the w- within the town center, so what we did is we adopted a smart growth plan that is multimodal, so more walkable, uh, uh, allows you know in the future there's still work to do. Don't get me wrong, bikeable, um, but also infill development that will allow for housing within the town center, um, and allow for property owners within in, within the town center to activate it because. We've all probably driven through the town center maybe at eight or nine o'clock at night and it starts to get dark, right? Um, Well, imagine having a much more vibrant town center with more housing, uh, with more mixed use. Um, well, it makes it more vibrant, but the other part to it is it adds to the economy. So you get home, you go to your apartment, maybe you walk your dog. Um, while you're walking your dog, maybe you pop in and you grab a cup of coffee, uh, maybe you bring the dog home, uh, and then maybe you decide to walk uh, over to get dinner uh, at, at a particular restaurant. So it's really about uh, you know finding opportunities for a mixed economy.
0: And, and Mike, where, where is this, you said, located on... Like, where specifically would this be located? So, is there, is there like a specific area right now that's been proposed, or
1: there there is, and you know, really,
0: I don't know it, if it's like public knowledge yet. No, it is, oh, and okay.
1: and I'm kind of and I'm kind of teasing people a little bit on this because I think sometimes people want the cliff notes and only and they only look at the cliff notes. Go and check out the development guide, uh, and to put in perspective, though, it's two thousand acres, so it's a rather large mm-hmm. area. Uh, and it and, and butts up to uh, so much opportunity. You know, here at the town of Plattsburgh, you know, we're really proactive about taking a collaborative approach to laying the groundwork, to, to modernize zoning and, and investing in infrastructure. And what makes us different than many other municipalities is that we have over 130 years experience combined for development. And... Uh, my team and that's that's inclusive of the planning department, the codes department, the water department. I mean so when people come to us and say they want to do business, we stay solution focused and uh, no idea is too crazy. We want to we want to sit down with people we want to have those conversations um, and then if for some reason we're not the right fit, we'll make appropriate referrals. I mean'm I'm, I'm, I'm happy you know to, to see that done. Because it's a win for our entire region. I want downtown Plattsburgh to thrive, but I also want Beekman to Beekmantown to, to thrive. I want Peru, Schuyler Falls, in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, this is about harnessing the energy and the investments that we've made. Um, you know, we're we offer something very unique um in a positive way and that is that we are centrally located we are not that far from boston we're only about 244 miles we're 161 miles from albany uh, we're close to lake placid the ports of entry from port of oswego to port uh from Ongensburg, um you know and our close proximity to the canadian border so that's why you're seeing industrial interests it's why you're seeing commercial interest, and that's why uh, we also have to make sure that we're harnessing opportunities for residential,
0: too. Um, well, I also think just, I mean, the center, the other cool thing about the town of Plattsburgh City, I mean, just Plattsburgh in general, yeah. it is actually, geogra- I mean, people that know the area, but it's geographically centered within our actual county so we start pulling from things it's not like we're pretty much central or plattsburgh centrally located to pretty much every place in the county which that's not every single yeah. you know location so um you know whether in champlain or keysville you can get to plattsburgh pretty much in the same amount of time and it kind of just is like i always consider plattsburgh like a well, when i explain in real estate terms it's a bullseye has been cut in half meaning East side or the right side of it's Lake Champlain, and then you can kind of go from like the city to the town and kind of go your rungs mm-hmm. out. But um, ideally, it's kind of cool because it's centrally located there. Now, regarding um, obviously the residential side, and I'm gonna give a little bit of boring real estate background, and then I'll talk to Mike about this. But like right, we've we've basically been seeing um, a drop in uh, homes for sale, invent what we call inventories, homes mm-hmm. for sale in real estate. Uh, we've been seeing this trend basically since i would say 2000 maybe 15 16 that we started to see this slight decline in um in homes for sale and 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 kind of where it was going to go and um for many years i did videos kind of showing each month i'm like oh this is going to get worse and worse and worse and it was just project i mean it wasn't rocket science you just looked at numbers you could see where the trends were going and i feel like you know we ended up getting covid kind of uh with was, was like a put the everything put real estate in a snow globe shook it up and then it was kind of crazy for a couple years and it's semi regulated itself but all it's done basically is the people talk about the interest rates going up interest rates have gone up which typically, which makes borrowing more expensive. Sure. But what it does when interest rates go up, the idea behind it is going to curtail the amount of the pricing. So price should start to uh, regulate. Now, pricing has regulated. It hasn't been jumping up as much as it has been or was, but it hasn't gone down. And mm-hmm. most people, you know, I hear a lot, well, we're going to wait till the prices come down. And I'm like, I don't, there's nothing that I'm seeing that's going to show prices coming down anytime soon. And I think if you're going to hang your hat on that, um, and this is for someone that's looking to purchase, like if you're going to purchase buy now, because the value next year, three years, five years from now, is going to be more expensive today, and you can't—you can never change the purchase value of a property. You can always change the interest rate. So if you're concerned by the interest rate, the interest rate you're basically locking in, meaning it can't go up on you. You can always—you know—you can always make it come down by refinancing. Obviously, I know there's money and things involved yep. in that, but the value of the home—if you buy it at, let's say, two hundred fifty thousand—that two hundred fifty thousand, whether you buy it now or five years from now—is reflective of what you get for two fifty. But I guarantee you. In the foreseeable future, that 250 is going to get you less and less because that amount of money is the house is going to raise up. So, when we couple that with where we're seeing inventory right now, the amount of homes on the market for sale, I think we're still down about 10% from last year. The amount of sales are down from last year, which is just a domino effect based on new listings. But the the price point is actually up a couple percentage points because the lack of homes on the market is actually outperforming the climb in interest rates. People are wrapped up, I think, too much in the idea of interest rates because it's kind of what we see in the headlines on the news. The bigger detriment is not interest rates. It's the amount of homes on the market. So I would say that's kind of one of the reasons I, um, when you mentioned this, I was like, absolutely want to talk about it because we have... We've seen a low uh, amount of homes. We've seen we we do not see enough um, new construction going up for residential homes that are mm-hmm. being sold. We we do see people building homes for their personal use, but that's different than having homes built. Like let's build a subdivision or let's build you know a hundred homes and then what you typically see in like suburbia and you know America. Let's build those because those will sell out. Like those will though, depending on location. Which town of Plattsburgh is like if you can pick a place in the county that is the most in demand area in it's town of Plattsburgh sure well and in you're you're right about so much of that um
1: so let's just you know use the town of Plattsburgh as, as an example we're we're talking to somebody about doing a 75 lot subdivision which Love is it. huge right absolutely well huge. needed and yes. when you hear 75 you're like oh 75 yeah, 75 is a lot that's, I mean, a, that's, lot. A,
0: that's a big investment well, from the developer can, well can i i'm just going to pause you for a sec so typically in our area in a year we sell we have about six to seven hundred um home sales mm-hmm. so you're talking right now 75 that's adding another 70 that's another 10 percent. we're down 10 percent in listing so this will actually get us you know, that would be back even, but that's a big chunk.
1: Yeah. So yeah. we're, we're talking to somebody about a 75 lot subdivision. Uh, we're talking with another individual that's looking at doing, you know, a, another handful of things. Um, but the town of Plattsburgh is, is uniquely positioned too, because we don't have a property tax. We do not have a property tax. So when, you, when you're a homeowner, you're paying county tax, you're paying school tax and you're paying your special uh, district tax, um, which I would dare say makes us very, very competitive, a lot more affordable than most. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yes, you know there's um, you know a highway tax that we have, which means that all residents and business owners pay, which is approximately like between eighty and ninety cents per thousand. Um, but we have some of the best roads maintained of any municipality you know in the area as well. So there are some expenses, but we again are very um, fiscally. You know, conservative in the way that we drive our um, our budgeting model from the the zero base uh, modified zero base budgeting uh, to you know what we're doing with infrastructure, how we're cultivating relationships. You know, the town of Plattsburgh. When I first became supervisor, we launched the infrastructure study for the former county airport. It was the town of Plattsburgh mm-hmm. that launched that, and we approached the county and we approached TEC and we said. There's 600 acres of property in the town of Plattsburgh because it's located in the town, and we're like, there's a lot of opportunity there, whether it be for industrial, whether it be for mixed use, whether it be for you know residential. Um, so we got to find a way to activate that, and we did. Uh, so we're working in a public-private partnership to collaborate to see the infrastructure go out into that property because right now flat land is not enough for a developer to come in and say, oh yeah, it's you know it's it's cleared. You know, years ago, shovel ready used to be this kind of theory of like, well, if it's flat, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I could maybe build something there. Now what we need to make sure is that there are opportunities for connectivity of water, wastewater, electricity, so, broadband, yeah. you know, that type of stuff. So in working with partnership, the former county airport, 600 acres, is going to be um, – you know, uh, really activated moving forward. And I would say within that 20-year period that we're talking about, um, you're going to see a lot of growth and development out there because going back to the statistics I shared with you in our dashboards, we already see our trend lines. Year after year, we continue to see growth mm-hmm. um, or, or holding our own um, where, where, where other municipalities, not just here in Clinton County or just here in the North Country, in New York State are not punching above their weight this way
0: yeah i i think again i think like if you go by like you said fighting pound for pound plattsburgh is yeah. a very a very uh formidable uh, leader in that department and i think um yeah we start talking about new development because that's again sound like a broken record but like that was stuff i was saying for years i said you're going to see two reasons that homes are going to become available people are going to leave the area and you're going to have these vacant homes that need to be filled, not going to happen anytime soon based on just what we've seen in population and stuff locally. So the, the next step is we got to build the stuff because again, like the idea of like build it, they will come. Well, I think most people are already here, you know, and that they do want this. And if you do build it, you're just going to compound the more growth because it, it's, it's a flywheel. You bring people in, you have the businesses that come in, they fill those, they bring more opportunity. So it's like you, once you start getting that, you know, the flywheel moving and spinning it, then it just kind of, every time you... It's like a, I've used the analogy before. If only takes like a screw and you just like, if you ever follow the little, you know, the track of the screw, mm-hmm. every time you make a loop around, what do you do? You get higher or you go up higher. So think about that with anything that you do. If you can just make one more circle around that screw, it's like every time I do it though, but I'm just getting more towards the, like the, I say the end, but I get more, I I, uh, I advance more. And I think that's a lot, a lot to do with a lot of effort is that if you can just keep beating the drum, taking the bite of the elephant kind of thing that every time you do it, you gain so much more. Um, I mean, things happen and that could just be knowledge. Like how much more do you know, just by all the steps you've done over eight years versus, you know, year one versus year eight um, you start learning all this and everybody in the department and you get you more intelligent and smarter and aware and, and, and more connected. And next thing you know, like all these things just spur on this, this, like I said, compounded growth that happens much quicker than it did 10 years ago and like anything i think it's just going to advance like wildfire over the next hopefully
1: couple decades and it's 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 exactly about that it's continuous improvement right it's recalibrating uh, as things occur um and there's so many different things in the various markets that are are changing so quickly technology is ever changing right um uh, you know different sectors there there are jobs that we can't even imagine in this moment that don't exist today that will be developed over the course of the next 20 years. So how do we make sure that we're in a position to recalibrate, to bring them into the fold of our community? Um, but one of the things that I've found fascinating, I've, I talk with a lot of our seniors in our community, and they're looking to downsize, but they're not necessarily looking to um, move into an apartment. They still wanna own, um, but they don't want the house as large. So, but they're like, hey, you know, the market, just, there, there isn't something on the market that I can find, you know. So we need to again have that that mixed um, across the board. So seniors can maybe downsize what they're looking for. New families can you know upgrade a house
0: uh, and different things I, like that. I think the three, and this is just my throwing this out there for what yeah, it's worth. The three the three different types of places or homes or, or things that I think would like check the box for the most amount of people. Is uh, number one is if you take something similar to um, um God, uh, Champlain Park on Cumberland Head, yeah, something similar to that, which was built back in the 1950s, right around the time of the Air Force Base. It's simple. There's, I mean, it, most of them are three bed, one bath ranch homes, garage slab. Those turnover. And they get picked up quick and that has, it's
1: where my first home was.
0: Yeah. And Champlain park is to this day is one of like, if you list it, someone's going to buy it because it's a very in demand place. But I said, if you can get something like that, which again, single level home is great for someone buying their first home. It's great for someone downsizing. It it hits both sides of the coin. That's number one. Number two would be any type of condo situation where you have similar interests where people just don't want the, you know, and I find that today's day and age, if you're a young professional. You, in my opinion, you work a lot. You do stuff. You don't have a lot of extra time. You're involved. You're doing things. Don't or, want to mow the lawn.
1: <laughs> exactly. You don't want to mow the
0: lawn. You don't want to fix the roof. You yeah. don't want to just, you know, do all the external stuff. You don't want to plow and shovel and do all that. And then you couple that with someone older that's kind of like, ah, I used to do that. Now I'm good. I want to just chill and relax. So that's another one that hits both sides of the coin. So I think you have the Champlain Park aspect. You have some type of townhouse condo situation. And the third one would be some, you know, We kind of look at homes that are probably going to sell, you know, probably in that high 200,000 range, anywhere from like 275 to 300, 250 to 300. That is a little bit bigger, three bed, two bath. You know, maybe you're probably looking at 15, 1800 square feet, similar to what they have down um, on Baker Road when you go off of Route 374. You get a lot of those because that's kind of your in-between. That's people moving up. Maybe they have families. Maybe they just want more space. Maybe they're in a better economic situation than they were when they're in their 20s. You have that middle ground home. I mean, any of those, you can take your pick. I think the biggest one, though, without that middle ground area, I think is because I think the seniors, if they sell and they go to that those, you know, the condos or the Champlain Park style homes are going to free up those middle people to move into those. Sure. So I that's that's something I've always thought for years. Like, that's all you, you don't need big spacious homes. You don't need these crazy things like where you go to where you're going to make the biggest impact for the people that are in our area. And those are the ones that I know would, you know, if you build those, they will be swiped up very quickly, which is good because that spurs, you know, you want to, you want to have that. And it's not,
1: Did you ever it's, see the concept plan for a Champlain park? Uh, oh, probably not years. in your next time you're in town hall or anybody that's in uh that visit us, visits us in town hall. We have this beautiful image. Um, I don't know if it's a watercolor, but it's, 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 one of the first pieces of concept art, okay, and it's there. And Champlain Park was supposed to be like three times the size that it is today. Okay, so just imagine what that would have looked like. So what, in and the and the hustle and bustle, okay. and I don't think it's online. Well, um, I just want to so, but you know, it, it's it, it's just it's gorgeous, and it just gives you a sense of you know uh, you know the vibrancy, and there's still a lot of opportunity for development uh on the the cumberland head peninsula
0: i mean yeah and, and that's our field
1: and there's a lot of development opportunity uh in various locations throughout other areas of the town i mean there's there's some really wonderful i mean i think all of our hamlets are very special and unique and each one of them provides such charming characteristics you know katie from katieville to cliffhaven to cumberland head as i like to say you know uh, triangulate that um lots of great different styles of living just between those three Hamlets alone.
0: Yeah. I I just and again, all this stuff will I believe will happen. Like I Mm -hmm. said, it just takes time and I think people just have to have that that, you know, kind of zoom out and just realize like it does it's not gonna happen next week. It's not gonna happen next year. But, you know, again, if you just just go back in time ten years and what wasn't here ten years ago. Mm -hmm. And then you kinda put in perspective like, oh that's right. Like I they didn't have that store, that restaurant, or that house, or that develop, or that, um, uh, what's the one off Tom Miller was just built? Nor- is it Northwood?
1: Northwood, yeah. Northwood,
0: yeah. So I mean, like that whole thing, fairly new, you know. But and what's interesting
1: about the Northwood uh, property is that style of housing, okay, mm-hmm. not just affordable housing, but that style of housing was not allowable really in the town center before we adopted this new smart growth plan. That's awesome. So there could be more infill development, more development in the future. So imagine there's a coffee shop down below, but there's apartments up above. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we're really excited to see more opportunity for folks to live within the town. Well,
0: that's the other thing too. Apartments. I mean, they're just as in demand as buying. Yep. So like I said, we need both of those because our apartments are very, are extremely low inventory, which is also, like I said, kind of a detriment. Do you actually have you found that people have not come to Plattsburgh because of the lack of homes? Are you finding that I've seen I've seen it in in one-off instances where someone yeah. may not come in because like ah it's there's not enough in their mind not enough to do or whatever some people come in and are looking for homes and they decide like the area is not for me and they move out I mean you're not going to catch everybody but have you seen that as like a trend or do you find that it's like very just kind of you know sporadic I,
1: I hear you know I hear about it anecdotally that it does happen from time to time I think mm-hmm. I think you would. Um, uh, it would be a lie not to say that it never happens. Um, I don't think it's an overwhelming majority, mm-hmm. but I also think that occurs uh, in, in other locations too. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a uniquely Plattsburgh problem or North Country problem, um, but we need to be mindful of it and we need to continue to stay focused on it to try, try
0: to find some solutions. What do you think is the biggest obstacle you face over, I mean, without this whole plan, a like kind of like old school SWOT analysis, like is there anything that would be, um, you, you know, SWAT, right? Yeah. Okay. Strengths, so, yeah.
1: weakness, opportunities.
0: Yeah. Threat. So what's yeah. kind of, what would be kind of the weakness or maybe the threat that you would say, like, it's good, but like, this is something that we really have to hedge up against or something that, um, or are you not like, I always look at if there's, if I do a SWAT analysis, I definitely focus on the strengths and opportunities. Sure. So I'm very optimistic. I'm aware of the the threats I'm aware of because they help spur maybe decisions but I don't run from them as like, you know, I'm going to focus on them. Cause I feel like you put enough effort into the the opportunities that any threat typically gets, starts getting further away. Mm-hmm. But is there anything that you can focus on or that you think is the biggest obstacle facing Plattsburgh to make this all happen? Or do you feel like, eh, I feel like there's problems, but we can easily outrun any problem with just staying the course.
1: I think there's a couple of different things that i'd like to acknowledge one is uh there's a tendency for any community to uh doubt our own opportunity Mm -hmm. and to you know kind of um uh, downplay the good things that occur we kind of just get get into this like um first self-doubting mindset there are a lot of great things that are occurring so we need to stay kind of calibrated into Um, the good things that are occurring, not to say that there aren't negative things and that there aren't things that we need to work on. But let's talk about how we went out to um, the community and we're asking folks, what type of businesses would you like to see in Plattsburgh? And you know, there was a lot of buzz about Olive Garden, for example, and people were like, oh, I can't believe people want Olive Garden. We've got these great restaurants like Arnie's, and and, and, so, and Arnie's is a great restaurant, mm-hmm. but there's a segment of, the, of the, the community that wants an Olive Garden. There's nothing wrong with either one of those, mm-hmm. but the other part to it, too, that we tell people is that information was captured by community members, and we don't choose what, whether Olive Garden comes here at the end of the day, either. So you know where's the threat or the weaknesses? You know this is the same for any community. Those that choose not to invest in the community, but we also think that it's one of our biggest strengths. We can demonstrate to people that we have positioned ourselves and positioned them for success by investing in infrastructure, by having um, a, a you know um, an affordable uh, place to do business a great quality of life. Uh, you know, we firmly believe that the town of Plattsburgh in particular is a great place to live, work, and play. We're investing in our you know, in our recreation. So when you go through all of those types of things, um threats and weaknesses I think are are determined mainly by the outsiders of what the situation is. And I think that we can educate individual. It's the lack of education that is the threat. It's the lack of education that is the weakness. And that's why we're very dogged about not doing things in, um, a vacuum. This plan, uh, the, the smart growth plan that generated the developer's guide, we had what's called a pack. Uh, and it's a, it's a community pack where members from a cross section of the community came together. And when, um, uh, um, UNOS was still open. We had that back room uh, and, and we had tons of people. Uh, I think we had hundred plus people come out and share their opinions and thoughts. And we engage with business leaders within the town center. So we really don't leave any stone unturned. Um, and that's why we want people to recognize that it's not going to happen immediately. And if we allow doubt and negativity to set in, then yeah, things will become stagnant. We could stop trying to develop the community. Um, but at the same time, there are going to be things within the community that are going to change that are outside of our factors. Sadly, and I think it's important to own, uh, Sterix, for example, mm-hmm. and, uh, Nova bus, um, uh, both of those decisions were made in boardrooms that are not here in the town of Plattsburgh. There are corporate boardrooms outside of, uh, uh, out of that area. Um, and the workforce of those two businesses are incredible. Mm-hmm. One of the most toured businesses that uh, that I have had the great opportunity over these last eight years to do was to tour NovaBus. I know many, many, many people there, talented, talented, talented mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Any business would be lucky to have them. And I think what we need to continue to focus is as heart wrenching and a blow to them is the community overall is going to do okay, but we also may- need to stay focused to provide opportunities for transition for them. Um, no one wants to ever have to make those. I'm sad that they have to make those transitions um, some way, somehow in, in, in the future. And there's there's a lot of play. But it's also about partnership too. Collaborating with the Chamber of Commerce, collaborating with Clinton County Ledge, collaborating with our state uh, partners, Assemblyman Jones, Senator Steck, uh, the Development Corporation and stuff. And remaining dogged in our approach that every single day we have to work in multiple sectors having a mixed economy because just like the air force base if all we were focused on was the air force base and then when the air force post left and we just said well i guess it's over then we wouldn't see some of the development that's occurring now mm-hmm. um, so we, we need to
0: continue to stay dogged about all that um have you ever heard the term you're never an expert in your own backyard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, I always that's what I always f- feel like too. when you just you mentioned that about people not like realizing the talent that is around here. And I think just realizing like, hey, just don't get in the way of some people because they can do some incredible things. Um, and I think again, I think that's just you know a lot of people in the North Country. I think can kind of beat that drum pretty good. Meaning that I mean there's a lot of talent around here, and I think there's a lot of people that are just. Roll up your sleeves, get stuff done, and and I think, um, you know, especially like I said, the Air Force Base is a perfect example, right? You know, and, and there's some definitely some leaders still around from that time too that like haven't stopped. Moving. I mean, again, obviously Gary's the one I always, you know, kind of look at, but there's so many. But again, it's you kind of look at the thing, anything that's happened, everything happens in cycles. Like you get. You get punched in the face every handful of years with something and then you just make it out of it. You know, Ice Storm, make it out of it. You know, 9-11, you make out of it. You know, The housing crisis, make it out of that. You know, so it's, it's a very resilient area, but I also think that we do a good job buffering against the big, the big, uh, the knockout punch. Yeah. You get you get slugged, but like I said, maybe it's only in the third round. Like we're still we're still standing.
1: It's one of the things I learned about the North Country immediately because I came on the heels of um, the ice storm. Came mm-hmm. in '99. Came on the heels of really when the Air Force Base was shuttering. Right, yeah. and I have seen the resiliency. I have I have bared witness i've bared witness to the resiliency of when a person loses a house to a fire and how this community comes together right mm-hmm. you know doing the the meal trains and you know or if someone's sick and i mean we are a very compassionate and caring community in so many regards um and we're going to own our future but we need to continue to plan for it and we need to continue to work that plan in a manner that every single day someone is doing a little bit of something because many hands
0: make light work. Um, uh, Mike, since, since you took office, what's the biggest change that you, you feel that you've made person. I mean, just person, like you as an individual, any, anything that's jumped out, whether it's leadership skills, communication skills, confidence, uh, overcoming doubt. Any, I mean, is there anything that you can point to? You're like, you know what? I struggled with this eight years ago and I think I'm pretty damn good at it now or better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or anything that surprise has surprised you about yourself over the last handful of years?
1: I'm in, I'm a rather impatient person, okay, um, because I I like to see results. So uh, I've jokingly said that government works at glacial speed. So I've I've had to expect within projects that we undertake that the bureaucracy, not even town bureaucracy, right? The different layers, the county, the state, the feds, the you know just the larger systems at play, um, and just be a little bit more patient. Take an extra deep breath, um, and I, I think I think my patience has gotten a, l- a little bit better, um, but my passion has increased because I know that I've I, I I need even more passion to make up for the 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 patience that I have to give in. Uh, to get it there right you know because it's so easy where you can become defeated and be like oh this is never gonna happen Mm -hmm. this is just this is taken forever Uh, a great example is the battlefield memorial gateway project that we're working on uh, with the clinton county american legion group is you know we kicked it off in 2017 and you know a number of things occurred then covid and a lot of people are like oh this is never going to take place well you know uh, just earlier this year we hit the groundbreaking. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're just, you know, that, that is just moving at such a fast pace and phase one will be done, uh, by the end of this year. And, and, and I don't want to steal too much time on that, but it was, if it wasn't for patient and resolve of passion, um, so many people could have just said, oh, I guess, I guess this isn't in the cards. Um,
0: where do, where do you think that comes from the passion
1: t- to me? Again, it's uh, personally, you know, I grew up, um, with a lot of people that were involved in in church and and, and other civic groups, uh, I remember my aunt Hazel. She lived to the wise old age of 103, um, and and she used to take me to uh, her church all the time. And that's where the servant leadership came in. Uh, they had a soup kitchen, and and they and they did all kinds of meals for seniors. And this was without, without Meals on Wheels. This was just people in the congregation and stuff. And she just imparted that there's so much more to life than how you live it's making sure that the people around you are living well right that are taken care of you know my grandfather was a veteran I mean he imparted so many uh words of wisdom to me I, I invoke him um, regularly when i when I'm talking and stuff um he had a lot of what I call Papaisms, um and family inspires me but my community inspires me too because there are a lot of communities, and I, and I have friends that have, have moved all over the place, and some communities have not embraced them. And they're great people. It's mm-hmm. just they're they're very guarded. And um, most people think of the North Country as, you know, uh, it, it's just a bunch of North Country natives. There's a lot of transplants here in the North Country. I'm a very proud transplant, but I like to say that I'm a transplant that has really, really deep roots now. Yeah. Let's say you feel
0: really <laughs> um, the The uh, okay, so we did this the other day. I thought this was fun. You listen to Billy. I, li- I listened to it. I, were, I,
1: I was I was dying to know if we were going to do a do a couple of these rounds.
0: I I, I think this is fun. not because I don't want to talk about this, but I had so much fun doing it with Billy because they're just like off the wall. And quest- I don't even know half these questions. I've literally okay. they've been sitting here, and I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to start pulling these out. I think this is only the third person. You're the third person that I pulled these out on. So okay. Um, so Billy chose the whimsical and off the wall. We have personal, whimsical off the wall, industry expertise, and great closer questions. And I know some of them we can redo. Or if you just want me to have dealer's choice, I can just go through and ask you. Dealer's choice. Okay. So what's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Um, I think it says compliment.
1: Hmm. That's, that's a really good question um probably something about humor I okay. I, I try to uh I, I like to think I'm somewhat witty and
0: uh saw uh, those comic specials on Netflix yeah, rubbing off <laughs> yeah
1: no and and I, I think I was I think I was in it like a it, it, in some type of engagement and someone said oh you're kind of funny and it was just it you know it was it was so um it 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 didn't seem like a throwaway, but I just yeah. appreciated it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: What? So this is a good. One. What's an insult you've received that you're proud of? Ginger. Okay. All right. I was not. I love it. Yeah. Um. What's your favorite holiday movie, and what does that say about you? Wow. I'm just reading how they have
1: it. Oh yeah, wow. Um, you could just do what's your
0: favorite holiday movie.
1: No, so my wife and I every single year watch uh It's a White Christmas. Okay. Which one's um with Danny Kaye and 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 um uh that whole group of course, you know, you put me on the spot to name no, all the actors. No, but no, that's not... and we and we watched that one. Um and what I find hilarious about it, and there's one particular line Is that this I,
0: it? White Christmas? Yep. Okay.
1: And one, one, of I my, I've ever seen this. one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, it's something to the effect of it's like trying to find it's like trying to find a Democrat in Vermont. And what is hilarious about that is, you know, when this movie came out, you know. It was, Vermont was you know really kind of a, a, a you know a republican you know stronghold <laughs> and now you would often think of you know Vermont as being a very much more New England liberal state and stuff like that so it's, it's just fun good music um um and, and again it's it's a it's a very comical too it's a very it's there's a lot of witty lines and stuff like that so um Bill Crosby Danny NK yeah uh, my my
0: uh, my favorite is the crucification so but they do make reference to this but I never actually I'm just learning now.
1: That that would probably be uh a a close second.
0: I yeah, that that probably gets played for about 4 weeks in her house, maybe 4 times a week. Just randomly would we'll just pop it on background music or background, you know, sound. Um What's been your least favorite job to date?
1: Uh my least favorite job—I'd
0: say most favorite—but I'm assuming it's probably this now or no? Did you have something? Yeah, no,
1: it's it. it this is my favorite job. Okay, uh, so I yeah, I'm just kinda... my my least favorite job was one of my earliest jobs was I picked cram- I picked weeds, Ooh. okay, out of a cranberry bog. I worked for a farmer uh, because I grew up in in an agricultural area where cranberry <laughs> bogs were the the agriculture, and for eight hours a day, hunched over we picked weeds out of the cranberry
0: bog. Do you feel that there was a better way to do that than hunched over for 8 hours a day picking weeds? Like could there have been a better more efficient system than that? There at, there, at the time probably not.
1: No, there so there were some systems but though so not to get too technical but there's there's dry, dry harvesting cranberry bogs and wet harvesting cranberry bogs and uh <laughs> to to be to protect <laughs> to protect the vines uh and the way that they grew up you you needed to have people like go into the bogs and like pick the weeds out and it was backbreaking like and and like and i was i was a teenager and i and i worked for my dad's uh, general <laughs> construction company and you know thinking working with your father could be a a, a crap job sometimes so uh,
0: <laughs> I, I honestly did not expect that yeah in the see weed. there you it's go a, a weed picker weed picker um <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask the next three because I think these are all good. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Travel more. Okay. I like that. Any particular reason? Did you not travel enough or do you just think that you can always travel more? I uh, I had a, great, a lot of opportunity when I was younger to, to travel a lot.
1: Um, I wish I had done study abroad even though I mm-hmm. had traveled internationally a lot. And, yeah, I think that travel is just one of those really powerful things is – I think you have a deeper appreciation from where, where you are and where, where you come from, but I think there's so much more to the world and people, and when you travel, you learn a lot about yourself in that, too. Love it. Who's the three most influential people in your life? Uh, living, or I mean, can they... You pick. Um, the three most influential. The three most influential people in no particular order would probably be my Aunt Hazel, who I've referenced, mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather uh and then um my noni who is my mother's um
0: my mother's mother
1: okay yeah and she, and we and she lived with us growing up
0: is there um and i guess the, the only reason i'm saying this that i'm assuming all those folks are either older or have passed two of them have passed one of them still living uh, older though older yeah, individual. older yeah so is was there something i mean again did you spend a lot of time with with older folks when you're younger or just like again impact of just having you know like you said someone living with you that was older and you know how yeah
1: um so I was I'm an only child and often what happened is you know when I when I was growing up um, you know I would be in the presence of you know these individuals um, because if they were taking me you know taking places or or, or shuttle pucking around and stuff um, my aunt hazel, um, did not live with us. My papa uh, in Noni uh, lived in an in-law apartment downstairs for me. And and I have to say this in case any of my cousins listen, I am the favorite grandchild. Um, we share a birthday, December 26th, um, so everybody should know that. Uh, if, an, <laughs> if that's the one takeaway from this podcast, people need to know I'm the favorite grandchild. Um, but, you know, I was very fortunate to have grandparents living right downstairs. Yeah. And... um so um she lives with my mother and uh yeah I, I think I think uh um, as far as wit goes uh she's a very very witty but also a very direct person. Uh sometimes you you, you there's a joke about seniors that uh they get to a certain age and they'll say whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. She's been doing that all her life and that's <laughs> what I love about her. <laughs>
0: um what does what does your morning routine look like?
1: Uh it's pretty basic. Uh I I'm a try to get out of the house as quickly as possible type of guy. Um in the morning, uh it's it's more the routine about the dogs than anything. Uh and then most days I go someplace to get a cup of coffee mm-hmm. uh versus making it myself. And the reason I've always done that is um I'm not a morning person. So it makes me be kind to another human being because I'm reliant on that cup of coffee.
0: Because you used to go to Dunkin' Donuts you know, a lot. Do you mix it up? You... Dunkin's
1: closest to work, yep. so I, you know, I usually will go there. Um, I'll, I'll go to, um, but but if I have a meeting somewhere else in town or you know
0: in the region, I'll I'll pop into different shops. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, what kind of? I, I know we've talked about this before. because so, drink, it's always black, right? Or do you... t- t- typically black. Okay. Yeah. Um, is there any t- specific coffee that you like? Style that you like? I'm not going to ask you where you like, because I mean, there's a lot of good places. I don't want to single anybody out, but do you, um, any type of bean, any type of, you know, specific roast, any type of certain style, if you had a go-to?
1: I, In all honesty, I, I'm i not a huge fan on heavy dark roasts. Um, okay. um, I'll drink it. It's not my favorite. And I think part of, why i prefer a little bit of a light roast is i drink I, I just consume a lot of coffee and i have found that the dark roasts after a while like it, it's just too much acid mm-hmm. you know and, and it, I, I just don't feel great one of the things you'll see today is i'm not actually drinking a cup of coffee today i'm dr- trying to drink more water yeah um i was actually shocked you didn't I, yeah, this up on coffee yeah and um yeah but uh there are tons of great coffee locations around here and yeah and and duncan again is largely be and, and it's a new england thing right growing up in in massachusetts duncan was the place have
0: you ever seen the uh, the snl skit when it had uh, yes. uh which one was it casey <laughs> affleck that's such a great skit but if anybody hasn't seen it just type in like snl duncan donuts or something it's it's pretty funny um the uh okay so we, we'll go we'll go another uh we'll go about another five ten minutes i got some some questions. I think that will be good. Um, ask Billy this, but I would love to two of these. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Ireland. Okay. Um, so anything specific or anywhere specific in Ireland? Uh,
1: anywhere uh, that falls within the ring of Kerry. Uh, it reminds.
0: Was, so was your fa- sorry? Was your family from ring or from Kerry? Uh, Did
1: you have any family from that area? We have. Uh, I had some family from Kerry
0: and uh, County Cork, uh, and so yeah, yeah. So actually, this is total fun fact. So. So my grandfather grew up just a little bit like northeast of Killarney. Okay. So yeah. I've been around the Ring of Kerry and uh well and that was the third place I was going to say is we've got some family there. So we Yeah. yeah. Uh well I just want to so I think right now cuz I saw his post the other day. Um Joel Wood is over there right now and he is down in Kerry. And so so County Kerry is one of my favorite places on earth. Um so again like I said I've obviously very nostalgic went there with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um but I think whatever it's not showing up, but I think Carrie, oh, Well, we're, we're, we're trying to work through this right now. I'm trying to get some pictures up here. Um, whatever. Carrie, Carrie, if people don't know in Ireland, it is the stereotypical Irish besides like the, maybe the uh, Cliffs of Moher. Like besides that, it's pretty much as Irish as you can get.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, Postcard image of Ireland.
0: It's like the farm country. It's yeah. like you's not like green. Just go to County Kerry. Yeah. It is absolutely but there are, gorgeous. But
1: there are portions uh, along the Ring of Kerry though that uh, give you vibes of the Adirondacks. You know, with some of the mountains and in yeah. in the green and you know uh, the views. Not, I'm not saying one for one, but it, it just. I know gives what you're you saying, a, yeah. yeah. No,
0: I know. Like, I mean, even stuff like this. Like yep. when you start going through like the beaches, and like I said, it is. It's sunny every day, and it's overcast every day. Like yeah. when you're in Ireland, it just happens. But I love that. If you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would you choose?
1: Um, I listen, I, I, like I said, I listen to uh, Billy's and yours uh, podcast, so I'll pick someone else. Uh, FDR. Okay. I mean, similar. So Billy also picked a president. Yeah, I'd I'd pick FDR. Um, Largely, you know, uh, there's an individual that served multiple terms. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a lot was achieved. Uh, A lot of uh, things that are um, still well debated, whether or not, you know, what the what the benefits and and costs Uh, use Social Security, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so FDR. Okay. that's
0: cool. If you had to write a book tomorrow what would you write about uh i asked billy that too but i still think would is it any
1: topic or is it or no.
0: is it a if you just write a book could be a kid's book could be a autobiography could be a book on coffee
1: hmm. i would probably intertwine the top the topic of dyslexia okay
0: uh you have dyslexia i do have dyslexia
1: and um because that way i I could probably do uh a a bunch of different chapters on different topics and i would probably make it an approach of um uh, a, a dyslexic
0: a different perspective um How does so? I guess my only question is like, how does uh, dyslexia? I can't even say, I have a problem with saying dyslexia. So, dyslexia, say it five times fast. I I can't even say, I'm I'm sure I can't even say the first like word, but dyslexia. uh, I don't know why it sounds really weird with me saying that, but I think I've developed that over time. I did, I never had an issue when I was a kid, and now I. Regularly, Like I'm saying almost weekly, I'm catching myself. I'm like, what am I looking at? And I'm switching letters and I'm reading stuff wrong. And it's, so I, can you grow into that? Or is it something you always have? Or is it something that just maybe gets amplified? I, I know I have a version of, I don't know how, what level of severity it is. I don't really know much about it, except I know that I have a lot of dyslexic tendencies Yeah, when I'm reading and writing. I, 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 I couldn't say well enough to define. Um,
1: I, I would probably say that you've probably had that all your life. Um, you probably have things that are exacerbating it more mm-hmm. uh, now. Um, I I have found in my own life um, that when I'm doing a million things, it's a million times more prevalent. Right. Okay. I think um, yeah, so. It. It's and it and it's it's not debilitating. You know, no. it just—it's you. You know, you just you get. I, and I also think it's a a, 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 a a super strength of mine too, because it it allows me and forces me to see things from a different perspective, and and I have really come to appreciate that. Um, I I think I ask different questions from time to time. Um, I seek out different answers and different pathways forward, where a lot of people are much more linear mm-hmm. and. Um, you know to me it's not about um you know this is the way that you do it it's about how you get there as well because there's there's so many different ways to get to a solution mm-hmm. um and 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 that's why i have a real passion for being solution focused the solution is here's the problem okay uh in in local government any government saying no is easy right oh, no we can't do that well, saying yes, you have to be held accountable, and then you have to find a way to get it done. Well, I, you know, my dyslexia has allowed me to kind of say, okay, yep, um, as Gary Douglas would say, and I learned this from him, is uh, no should be a to yes, or, or no no can be a to yes. And the way that I look at it is, yeah, we may not be able to do this right now, but let's see how
0: we can find a way to it. Do you have t- time? Do you build into your day or build into just like a week where you just have like some free time? But it's like one of the things I tried to focus on more over the last year and a half when the yeah, two years, when a lot of things are coming at me, you know, professionally, personally, just like life's busy and, and the calendar's full and the day's full. It's really trying to kind of opposite is like say no to stuff and clear out my calendar. So I have more what I call free time. I've heard the term white space where mm-hmm. I have nothing in my calendar and I try to, you know, whether it's reading or focusing on something or trying to just think, I want to say think better or think differently where it's like, okay, pause, think about this and don't just like jump on an answer, but really try to marinate and develop and and question why I made that decision. Um, and I find over the last two years, my decision making has gotten better. I've gotten more decisive on things. I've also expanded. Um, I, I would say my, my, neurological muscle of like i can my Mm -hmm. you know i i can i've developed thoughts over the last two years that i've never would have developed before purely by just giving myself time to just think a little bit more deeper on a topic versus just being like go 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 and i find it those surface level decisions are fine but i feel like i've made more progress in the last two years about like okay not making as many surface level decisions but going deeper on a handful of decisions and trying to get um trying to really get to like the meat of that decision versus just kind of an off the whim thing and i think there's a place for both but i've developed that more in my life i don't know do you have you yeah i i I leverage that from time to time but one of the things that i
1: like and it if there's something that i mean there are many things that i'm sure that drive my team at the town crazy and i'm sure some of them will listen to this and laugh uh (laughs) at things that i've i've said so shout out to you thank you for what you do and what you deal with with me uh, and I mean that sincerely. But I love a good pickup meeting. I'm one of those people. Like if there if there's a bunch of people that are meeting, I'll just, I'll just kind of insert myself. Not to micromanage, because I love the connective tissue. Finding the connective tissue of what they're talking about. Okay. Yeah. It is. It is connected to something larger and bigger than what's going on. And and you know. Eight times, nine times out of 10, I will walk away from there learning something and going, you know something, that topic was related to something maybe three hours ago or three weeks ago or three months ago, and I just love finding out how things kind of interconnect with that. Um, and so I, I take joy in that. And, and the other part to it is, yeah, probably more in pockets though. Um, the, the one thing that I'm well known for is when I get home, I need fifteen minutes. Okay, that's that's probably about the level. The first fifteen minutes that I get at home, I get at home, I want to decompress. I want to sit my ass down. I want to just so this is like alone time. It's no like if Olivia's home, the dogs, and it just I I just don't I don't want to engage in anything that is.
0: Uh, of, uh, like uh, stimulating yeah. or,
1: or anything of of real substance mm-hmm. right like just i i just yeah for 15 that 15 minutes because i imagine what what you do in a similar way is at work much of what we do is and it, it is it, it's it Mental gymnastics, it's mm-hmm. constantly switching from topic to topic, decision, yes, no. You know, I compare my position to a, tra- a traffic cop, right? It's its really mm-hmm. trying to keep yep. things moving and stuff like that. So for that first, first 15 minutes, I just want to bring down. Sometimes, you know, I may jump on YouTube and watch news or something. I, I may be doing something within that 15 minutes, but it's 15 minutes of— it's like mindless, like— Yes, mindless. It it, it has. There's no substance to it. There's no, you know, it's not going to make or break my day. But, um, you know, Olivia will often knows she's not going to say how was your day in that 15 minutes or so. It's just give me give me that 15 minutes or so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like that. Okay, that's good. Um, three more. Okay. Three more. Yeah, we'll be good. Okay. Um. Hmm. I want to get away from professional stuff because we've done we've done most of those not that they're bad I just
1: you can uh, hey listen I'm 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 an open book you, well you no I just, I just I just
0: I want to like personal professional I'll, I'll later. no then. but like like I, okay well I'll, I'll do this one I'm going to go to uh, jump back what what time of day do you get your best work done uh, late afternoon to evening. Yeah. Any pacif- or any reason why you think that? Um, I'm caffeinated. <laughs> okay. She's not a morning person, so that's good. Yeah,
1: I'm caffeinated, and uh, I think the other part to it is uh, there. There's just kind of a, a built-in, you know, um, inertia that that just kind of starts, and um, I don't find that I. My energy level doesn't, like when I'm done for the day, it doesn't just kind of snap off like some people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the afternoon uh, into the late evening, and it also has to do with where I worked at the college. I mean, for example, I used to advise student government, and those meetings and
0: didn't start until 10 15 at night. Um, so for years, I yeah. was working late. I. I So, I like, I structure my day mornings. I try not to see people. I say see people, like, meaning out of the office kind of stuff. Like, I work, you know, the girls here. But um, I get my most energy kind of in that mid to late morning. Mm -hmm. And then I actually get a lull. Like... I'll be honest, like right now is one of my lulls in the day, mm-hmm. which I do like doing podcasts because it's kind of something I can just like focus on a person and talk. But I typically lose steam about mid afternoon. But if, if it's one of those where I'm like working late or I have times where I'm like, I got to, like, I can do a lot of stuff from like five o'clock to like 10, 11 o'clock at night if I'm uninterrupted because I just get in a flow. And I, I think those are the two times that I get interrupted the least. Yeah. So that's why I don't know.
1: I like, I like different styles of work. Like I talk, you know, I was joking about the pickup meetings. I love going into the office on the weekends.
0: Same, I, I love Same.
1: it. I, I'm, I'm, you know, thrown on a podcast. I'm thrown on Pandora. You know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and just getting into whatever it is. And often, like I'll bring Valcor, the golden with me, and you know, she'll run around for a little bit, and then kind of, so like I, that that space. So I I like having different types of work environments versus just one that is very repetitive
0: there so th- just this building alone and i was this was a couple of weeks ago I was here on a sunday for a, a large amount of time maybe 8 to 10 hours mm-hmm. and i didn't leave so i brought a couple snacks whatever I, you know i got everything i need here i listened to music the whole time or a podcast. just kind mm-hmm. of had it in my pocket i was running around doing a million things but it was nice because nobody text me nobody called me nobody was walking in it was like my time to myself but I got a lot done because I'm like and I knew I had time to get a lot of stuff done so I didn't feel pressured I didn't feel rushed I was like I kind of built out like this is what I want to get done today I know I can get it all done and let me just relax and just just get it done not feel like I'm rushing through the day it was it it's weird because I'm like you I I find I find calm in work and Mm -hmm. I find and I don't people that don't like their job or don't like what they do I think don't understand that, but I think that people that do like their work and they get labeled a workaholic. I think you're you're workaholic in your eyes, but for us, a lot of it that's like play. It's fun. It's stimulating. It's mm-hmm. challenging, and I find it's it's like doing a puzzle as a kid, but I get to do it in real life. You know, I mean, bigger stakes and more more responsibility. But I just I like doing that, and sometimes I feel out of place when I'm just sitting. Yeah. So to come in and just have like free reign to be like, I just get to like work, even though <laughs> and it's it's usually on business stuff, but it's still fun. Um. Okay. Last two questions. I'm going to piggyback. I said, what did I say? Three questions. We're going to do four. What's your favorite color? Which favorite color? Green. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absol- absolutely. And then three, you're going to answer one of these questions, but I'm going to give you three options and how you want to answer this. So it's which three of these items would you recommend to people? You can either say books, movies, or podcasts. Pick one of those and give me three of one. So books, movies, or podcasts.
1: So I can uh, only...
0: So, uh, I mean, I you could me. do nine if you wanted, but I figure for... Oh, you want specific... So if you said, what these three books I recommend, or these three movies, or three, these three podcasts. So you can go either direction, kind of pick a door, and then give me three of whatever that okay, is. Okay, so you're asking me to do math and and remember yeah. titles. Or, at the or if you wanted to, you could just be, can I do one of each? That'd be fine too.
1: Okay, maybe I'll do that. Um, book, The Radical Leap. Um, uh, the, the name I'm, I I think it's, uh, I think it's Farber. Uh, it's, uh, great book, a foundational book that, uh, I I go back to. Um, and, uh, Steve Farber. Yep. Yep. Steve Farber. Uh, great book. Um, so movie movie. Um, I'm going to go, uh, 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 a B movie, um, hard to find. Uh, I think you can actually find it on YouTube in its full version. Um, it um, is—so uh, uh, years ago, I thought I was going to go on the track of, of doing film when I first went to college. It's called The Wizard of Speed and Time. The Wizard of Speed and Time. And uh, uh, <laughs> it, you see? It, no, th- 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 this, is, this is a deep cut here. This is
0: deep cuts only. So what is this? The Wizard?
1: The Wizard of Speed and Time. And uh the, the the general concept of it is this guy wants to make a movie um and he but he
0: this is so he, wild he
1: can't he can't get the he basically kind of gets you know the, the the okay to do this movie but you know he he needs to make a movie but it's about making a movie within the movie it's it's this this weird thing and it's uh there's uh, stop animation in it but there's people as part of stop animation, and it it it's just it's it's cool. It's a lot of really, really neat stuff.
0: I, I've i never heard of it, and I don't recognize a single person, but The yeah. Wizard of Speed and Time.
1: Yeah, it's one, it's one of the few movies that I still have that why I have not given up my VCR.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Truly. like, And I'm not watching it like between, every, every year. Between but, being a weed picker and The Wizard of Speed and Time. The Wizard of Speed and got Time. You've got <laughs> Never in a million years would I've gotten either of those. And then, last one, podcast. <sighs> uh,
1: hmm. I'll I'll throw Kathleen Madigan out there again. Uh, comedian. She's got a podcast. Uh, just started getting into it. Um, and it's uh, um, I I like you know um going a little bit deeper with uh some of the, the the comedians and stuff because you get a little bit more of their personality and they're and they're riffing off of stuff that it's not like a set, right? Mm-hmm. Uh you can you can kind of you know fall into somebody. Um so I haven't honestly listened to a, to a ton of them um but it's uh, and and then you know as a, as an extra bonus point
0: the Galen Travley show. Specifically episode two forty five Michael Cashman. <laughs> uh, so Mike, we'll wrap it up there, um, and if people have listened all the way to the end, I, I appreciate the plug of the podcast, but um, anything you want to, any parting words, anything you want to, obviously we talked a lot about this, you know, kind of with the, uh, I want to, investment opportunities, I don't want to say the wrong thing, so investment opportunities in town of Plattsburgh, but anything you want to leave the audience with, um, things to look forward to, things that you maybe you want them to, you know, surveys you want them to take, anything that you can kind of plug that would be of value to be yeah. selfish. Of value to the town of Plattsburgh, or just Michael. Sure. Uh,
1: I'll leave you with, with uh, three quick things. First and foremost, if you see me out in public and and we don't really know each other, introduce yourself. Would love to get to, to meet you. Um, two, if if you hear a rumor uh, or you have a concern or something like that, reach out. Um, you know, nothing drives me crazier than people think they know what they know. Uh, I'm happy <laughs> to provide some clarity and some insight. Uh, and and three. Um, at the end of the show, just take a moment and uh, wherever you're at, take a, a moment to appreciate um, where we live because um, it, we may not be perfect and, and things may not be perfect, but we live in an incredible place, the North Country, with incredible people. And uh, those of you listening are are part of that, that collection of, of great things. And uh,
0: just thanks for the time. Love it. All right. That's it. Episode 245. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.